should you use flashcards to learn? Flashcards, especially in their digital incarnations, are some of the most powerful learning tools. They can also easily be a complete waste of time. Powerful because retrieval and spacing are the key to memory. If you want to learn a topic with a lot of stuff to memorize, flashcards will help you do it better than almost anything else. Mnemonics are trendy, but for medium to long-term purposes, flashcards are almost certainly better. It's also easy to waste your time with flashcards, though. You can spend a lot of time memorizing something you don't really need to, or fail to memorize the important things that you actually do need. Flashcard practice can also be a convenient way to avoid doing the real thing you need to do to learn. Some subjects may not be as amenable to flashcards, and so you can't really use them at all. So let's try to untangle these seemingly contradictory views. In favor of flashcards. Flashcards work via simple retrieval practice. You have a question on one side and the answer on the other. By trying to recall the answer before you look at the back, you strengthen the memory link between the one and the other in your mind. Retrieval practice is well known to be one of the most effective studying methods. And while flashcard study isn't the only way to practice retrieval, it can be a convenient one for subjects that are factually dense. Space repetition systems such as Anki or SuperMemo enhance this basic technique by automatically scheduling reviews. The spacing effect that repeated exposures spread out through time enhance memory has been known since the dawn of experimental psychology. Once again, there's clear evidence spacing works. A common claim of space repetition systems is that they optimally space out reviews. With an exponentially increasing delay between successful reviews, this allows you to keep adding new flashcards without the burden becoming unmanageable. And while this review schedule is convenient, the scientific evidence isn't so clear-cut as to it doing better than just evenly spacing the reviews, let's say. Flashcards also compare favorably to mnemonics, which is usually what is taught in those memory-enhancing courses. Mnemonics tend to be somewhat narrower in their applications, and since they rely on the declarative memory system, they may result in less automatic and enduring memories than simply repeated retrieval practice. Now, of course, if you can do both, that's even better, but if I had to choose where to start, I'd go with flashcards first. Flashcards have many passionate advocates online, so if you Google around a bit for learning methods, you're more likely to stumble across people who have made Anki their go-to tool for learning languages, medicine, math, and more. Flashcard failures. Okay, so if flashcards are so useful, and the two principles they're based on, retrieval and spacing, are so well justified, what's the problem? Well, there's a few major traps you can fall into when applying flashcards. First, you grab off-the-shelf flashcard decks rather than making or editing your own. Two, you design the cards badly. This leads to either memorizing useless stuff or failing to learn what you actually care about. Three, you use memorization to substitute for real understanding. Or four, you use flashcards to substitute for doing real practice. Let's look at each of these pitfalls briefly. One, off-the-shelf flashcards. The appeal of a pre-made flashcard deck is obvious. Making a deck takes time, and so grabbing one off the shelf can save dozens of hours. The downside is less obvious. A lot of pre-made decks are terrible and only work with considerable editing. So one example is a resource I used while learning Chinese characters was the Mastering Chinese Characters decks. This was a series of 10 of these, and they benefited from having native audio and images. 
Plus, there were a lot of cards, well over 10,000 in total. Except the deck had numerous problems. The language was quite formal for beginners, resulting in me learning a lot of not-so-common ways to say things and thus being misunderstood in my early days in China. There were also a lot of cards that went from single character pronunciation to the written form. And this doesn't work at all because each sound in Mandarin represents multiple characters. So in the written version of this article, I have three different characters and they are all pronounced sure. Now, obviously, I can't actually show them in the podcast, but if you check out the article, you can verify that there are a lot of characters that have an identical pronunciation. And so if you have a card that on one side says sure and has you guess the character, you're going to be wrong most of the time. Now, I don't regret using this deck, but it did require a lot of editing, including filtering out the thousands of broken cards like the ones that I just mentioned. Most of the time, however, you won't be so lucky. The decks you download will end up wasting more time than simply making your own. Two, bad card design. There's a real subtle art to designing a good flashcard. First, Each question should have one and only one correct answer, so something violated by my Chinese deck, as I just mentioned. Two, questions should either have as little unnecessary context as possible or redundancy. So a vocabulary word alone or used within a few sentences, each on different cards, is better designed than a single sentence. Why? Because you learn to predict the answer based on the surrounding context even if that won't be there when you actually need to use it in real life. Three, questions should be simple. Complex problem solving isn't well suited to flashcards. Better to break apart complex problems into multiple steps or simply forego flashcards altogether in favor of just solving real problems. Four, questions should be something that you actually need to memorize. Just because you can memorize something doesn't mean you should. A sloppy way of making flashcards is simply to copy and paste stuff from your classes into a question and answer format. And this can be fast, but it ends up making many cards that violate these rules. The result isn't memory, but a mess. 3. Memorization, substituting for understanding. I used to be a strong opponent of rote memorization, and my views now have evolved and I see that memory and understanding are probably on a continuum rather than being distinctly different things. Knowing many facts is often needed for understanding, and so flashcards shouldn't be seen as the enemy of insight. Nonetheless, there is often a tendency to take a difficult problem of understanding and try to replace it with a system of memorization. Difficulty in learning deep programming ideas, for instance, gets swapped out by flashcards to try to memorize syntax. Except, syntax is fairly easy to look up, and the ideas are fairly hard, so this has the priorities exactly backward. Now, there do seem to be some people who can learn conceptual subjects through flashcards. However, I'm less optimistic that this is generally a good approach. For many people, in many deep subjects, solving lots of problems ought to be the first step, with flashcard use to master the stubborn details that are often forgotten, not as a first step. 4. Doing flashcards instead of the real thing. Flashcard fetishization reaches an extreme in language learning circles. I say this being someone who has made decks with tens of thousands of cards, so I know what I'm talking about. The logic seems to go like this. Languages require a lot of memorization, flashcards are good for remembering things, and therefore if I just do a lot of flashcards, I'll be fluent in a language. Now the problem with that logic is the word just. Flashcards are great for memorization, 
but using a language is much more complicated than just spitting out translations. Since actually speaking a language is more effortful than doing a lot of flashcards, typically they can end up being a fake substitute to the real thing. Now, my own experience with using flashcards in language learning has varied. I didn't use them at all with Spanish as I found that I was able to remember the words well enough from just having real conversations. I used them heavily while learning Mandarin, but always alongside real conversations. And my more recent Macedonian project was somewhere in between. I made a much smaller deck of around 2,000 cards, which was really helpful for the core vocabulary. But my total time spent on flashcards was a distinct minority of my studying time. Should you use flashcards? Okay, so if you've never used space repetition systems before and you have a memory intensive subject to learn, so law, languages, medicine, the answer is probably yes. You should at least give them a shot because they really are vastly superior to the passive review techniques that students typically use. If you've tried them before and they didn't seem to appeal to you, well, chances are that you either designed the cards badly or your judgment was correct and other forms of practice might be better. While there's always the risk of using a tool incorrectly and mistakenly thinking it doesn't work, there's also often excessive enthusiasm from devotees of a particular technique. Now, if you're a flashcard aficionado, I would go forward, but with some caution. Are you doing the real work to develop understanding in the areas that need it? In complex skills like speaking a language or medical diagnosis, are you using flashcards to supplement or substitute the real practice you need to get good? My feeling about flashcards is similar to my views on most learning methods. They work well when used appropriately. The trick is to have enough self-awareness and understanding of your subject to know what's appropriate and what's not. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.